It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at cboc.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts at cboc.com. Welcome. I'm Dr. Jeremy Lokabaugh, Industrial Organizational Psychology Consultant and Workplace Communication and Negotiation Coach. In addition to cboc.com that you just heard, you can also visit my website at turnboot.com. If you're in or getting into the IO psychology field and you feel a little lost in the crowd, you're looking to jumpstart your career and maybe get the answers that your degree program never gave you about what it's actually like to work as an IO psych practitioner, check out CBOC's IO Career Pathfinder membership at cboc.com. Also, we have Tom Bradshaw, voice and speech coach and a damn good actor at that. He is the leading voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy, and hello, everyone, and welcome to our weekly gathering for IOs, HR recruiters, and all of those of us who help people in the business world. Um, Jeremy, great topic today, uh, and I actually want to start with you. <laughs> um, we're talking about niches or niches, whatever you prefer, um, and I'm a niche guy. What is your niche? Oh, that's, a, yeah, I guess we can start to talk about specific ones. So my niche, I, I love to work with psych assessments and the hiring process for recruiting. I also do it very much for coaching. And of course, you know, I do a combination of psych and FBI communication techniques to help people lead conversations and for negotiation and, and, and whatnot. So I focus on that. And I also tie those in to some of these workplace and personality assessments, whether it be, a, you know, how people work or what people's personalities are that drive them. Um, and also looking at potential derailers, not only for conversations, but also for, you know, productivity and other types of workplace issues. So as far as a, you know, targeted niche, that's my targeted niche. And we've had a lot of fun talking with people about what to say and how to say it, uh, which has been a lot of fun. And I love role playing with you. Um, when you're looking at the business world and especially how it's developing now, especially with the addition of you know the remote or hybrid fields, where do you see some of those hot topics or hot niches that people should really be looking at, You know, not only if they're coming to the school, but if they're looking for a bit of a switch? I think the key is to start to, to go for some of the more narrow paths, right? So I just pulled up and I'm looking at a couple of things that were posted here. So we have job analysis, work motivation, conflict resolution, selection and placement, digital transformation, human capital, agile change management. Even those, I believe, are you know broad and you can you, you can go even deeper and deeper into that, whether it be a specific demographic that somebody's working with or a certain take on it. But I say, you know, for those that are starting out, explore some of them. Eventually you you're you're gonna find out what works for you and what doesn't and where your passion lies. And it doesn't hurt to take a career assessment, something like the uh the SIIP, the strong interest inventory profile, to start to identify, all right, if I wasn't an IO, where would I be a good fit in terms of uh, you know job and career? Because that can also help you say, all right, wh- what exactly niche should I explore in the IO role? Because IO is so broad. And it's interesting because once a niche is discovered and worked, a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm going to like, if you're a consultant, if I go broader, I'll speak to more people and I might have more consulting business. But it's almost like, would you rather get you know, have a thousand people interested, but you're too broad. So maybe you get one or two clients or would you go really narrow, speak a clear, concise message to 50 people and have four clients. So it's really about, you know, you're not a basketball coach that you're, you're, if you're, if you're doing like basketball consulting, you know, you're not a basketball coach. You want to say, I teach people how to shoot three pointers. You want to go narrow as narrow as you can, because when somebody hears your message, they're going to say, you are for me. I need to work with you. And the same happens in the job market because, you know, yes, IO is starting to gain more and more attractions in terms of the job opportunities that are out there. But we're also finding that the job recs that are out there are starting to get niche before we are. So I think it's important that, you know, IO practitioners start to narrow in 
at least so they're there. And of course, we all have our niche, but we all go a little broad. Yes, I have the niche, Tom, that I spoke with you about, but I'm working on a consulting project that is a little, you know, pretty far off from that, right? Because we all have specialty areas, but we're also able to apply these IO concepts in other types of applications. And sometimes if you if you spot a need and there's no niche that's already been created, you can actually establish that need and and be a bit of a leader in the field as well. Um, Lee, let's go to you because I'd love to hear, you know, can you describe your niche for us? Uh, you know, that's actually a really interesting question, Tom, because, you know, obviously I wasn't working as an, a specifically an IO person during my time in. Actually, I, I think I was actually talking to to uh, Jeremy when he was pointing out oh, many of the things that I had done previously that were IO related that I went, oh, yeah, I guess I did. So I don't know that I can define a niche at this moment because I haven't picked something, I guess, but I have worked in, uh, you know, professional development and process improvement and employee relations and coaching. I've covered quite a bit of the spectrum because, you know, you put on the hat that the moment requires. So, you know, like, like Dr. Jeremy just said, I mean, you may be specialized in something, but you, you do what the, the situation calls for. And, and now that I'm in the civilian world, I'm trying to figure that out, I guess, figure out what I want to be when I grow up. I'll just jump in here then. Uh, so, I mean, I want to take a kind of 30,000 foot view about our field and figure out what niche areas might need to be either created or invested in further. And really, IO psychology as a field, we are the study of individuals, which is more the industrial side, so personal personnel selection, training, performance appraisal, and then organizational, which is more like uh, team effectiveness, team cohesion, uh, organizational change and development. And what we're seeing from the uh, chat right now is you can not only think about applying the social and behavioral sciences uh, broadly and figure out your niche within there, but you could also look at niche in terms of what is the organizational context. Whenever we think about IO psychology, we traditionally think think about uh, the military. So applying IO concepts to the military, we think about uh, Fortune 500 types of companies, so big business. Um, We sometimes think about the healthcare industry nowadays, but we can really go about applying IO psychology to various domains, higher education, uh, admission systems within higher education. That is a selection system, right? And then we have another comment here about uh, oil and gas types of companies. Maybe they've not applied IO psychology concepts as much as other Fortune 500 types of company businesses. And so we have to consider IO psychology as applying the social and behavioral sciences to all types of people and organizations. And it's really our job to describe, explain, manipulate. And now with automation and AI, we are trying to replicate human thoughts, feelings, and behavior. And so in terms of talking about my specific niche area, I'd probably say data science, right? So that's my contribution. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, as you're speaking, the, the one group that really needs your help, towns, cities, states, the federal, <laughs> like the whole area of government is wide open, guys, grab it. Uh, Dr. Martha, let's go to you. You know, I'd like to add to what Dr. Jeremy was saying, the importance of being able to have a, a niche, maybe a specialization, however you want to look at it, but at the same time, being able to help a client in the way that they need your help. If you're able to provide that help, you certainly wouldn't want to turn them away. This is a little bit like medical doctors. You go to a general practitioner for some things, but when you need a specialist, you go to that specialist. That specialist will charge you more, but there's a reason you go to that specialist. So if I'm speaking to IO psychology students, I would encourage them to think of it in that way. If you're thinking about engaging in some kind of consulting type of work, do you want to be the jack of all trades, or do you want to market yourself as a specialist? And while you're not limiting yourself to one niche specifically, but you market yourself as a specialist in that area, therefore you can uh, market yourself for a certain fee that a general practitioner, let's say, 
may not be able to. Because let's face it, this is a way of making money and earning a living. Although we're all passionate about IO psychology, few people would do it if there was no paycheck associated with it and they had to be homeless. So this is a career. This is a way to pay your bills and put food on the table. You might as well enjoy what you do and get compensated for your expertise. So if we're advising students, people interested in IO psychology and specifically interested in becoming consultants, I would say while you can help many companies with many different things, consider a niche where you are the go-to person for that specific whatever the, the niche is, because that makes you that much more valuable, just as a specialist, an MD would be for specific things. So could a consultant. Uh, let me ask you, Dr. Martha, if you don't mind, you know, there the number of IO psychologists coming out of school right now seems to be exploding. There's more programs teaching the field. Are there any of these areas where we maybe have enough knowledge already? Uh, you know, if I was a doctor, I wouldn't want to go into a community that had more doctors than patients. So are there any niches which are maybe getting a little full that you might want to steer those students away from? Well, you know, I think that would require a little bit more investigating before I could commit to something. But what I would say is look at the trends within the workplace and look for the needs. So you had mentioned earlier um, remote working or hybrid working. That's an area to investigate. Think about how flexible and adaptable both the organization and the individual employee has to be in order for that arrangement to work successfully. So that's something to look into as a need as we move into the future. So Again, while without investigating further, I wouldn't want to name something and then have everybody quote me on it. I would say, see where the trends are and what's happening with the workplace and anticipate the needs that will present themselves. Because after all, the most successful problem solvers are those who anticipate the problems that are coming up. <laughs> yeah, we need people who are forward thinking, who can see these issues before they rise. Um Jeremy, let me ask you this, do you, because, you know, we both dabble in, dabble, we both work in communication. Uh, it's one of the areas we really look at. And especially with the remote and hybrid fields, you know, we're getting into the internet and technology, um, something that, you know, I had to learn as it came along and developed, whereas, you know, my daughters, you know, when they were 10 or 12 years old, they had an iPad. So are people under 40 maybe a little better equipped to deal with something like the emergence of the remote or hybrid field? I don't know of any, I haven't, that hasn't been something I've looked into in terms of data. So I don't know in terms of like the under 40, over 40, I think you'll find, you know, I personally just think you'll find it, you know, equal ability with uh, with pretty much all, you know, working age ranges right. for the most part. But I think that provides tons of opportunity for niche areas of work in IO. And then we think like in the post, I mentioned, hey, it'll be pretty interesting to look back on this in three, five, even 10 years on this yeah. post, because I think now I just counted and we were trying to get to a hundred. It's been up for two hours. I think we're at 80, 83, 85 different niche areas. There might be some duplicates, but it's interesting to think, you know, what's going to be added to that? You know, what's going to be here in three and five years because of all this remote work, the virtual nature of it. And that's where it can be really helpful because I'm looking through this list, but yes, it's a niche area, but there's always an ability to go more narrow, especially if you're a consultant, because you can work in just for example, employee retention. Yes, that's a niche area, but employee retention in a small company, employee retention in a family business, employee retention at a volunteer organization. And then you can even continue to go there, you know, employee retention and in a, in a, in an upstart volunteer, employee retention. My, my specialty is employee retention for up for global global upstart companies, right? That's how you start to get more niche and niche and niche is you, you know, how far can you bleed that out? So that's the kind of thing that we need to start thinking of, especially for the consultants. And as a collective community, we hear so often, it's such a broad field, which is again, hurts our branding because if we can't explain what IOs do, and if we, if we at least can't explain what, what our niche is, if, if, if all, and we hear this often, some IOs might say, 
Oh, what do you, you know, what do you do? Oh, I, I work with leadership and, and company culture. That's very, 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 very broad. And that doesn't really explain what IO is. And it, it that kind of thing doesn't help our brand. So we need to get more narrow and more narrow and more narrow. And I think what you're talking about, Tom, is this, you know, for those who are able to rebrand themselves in their niche, those who are maybe your more practiced practitioners, if that's a thing, you can start to rebrand themselves. Your more practiced practitioners, say like over your 40 uh, age range that you were mentioning, and especially for those that are really entering the field and of the younger generations, there is a, a lot of exciting work with, you know, remote teams, right? It, remote leadership, remote training opportunities, all kinds of remote projects and how do you work these things with sustainability, everything. So there's tons of opportunities, which means there's also tons of excitement. And which also means right now this list is 85 and this is only two hours of engagement. That's it'd be kind of hard for any IO to look at this list and say, ah, there's nothing, there's nothing there I like. And it's, it'd also be hard for I think really anyone to look and say, oh, there's nothing really that I like. IO is such an interesting field. You have everything from strategic planning and conflict resolution, data and analytics, assessments and culture and all this. There's so much there. Sports. Brendan posted something about like analytics and sports, uh, massive growth over the past 10 years. You know, there's a ton of people that like sports. So there's just so much to offer. In and, and I think that that's where we can help with IO, with the branding is starting to, you know, relate and speak other people's languages is what they like. Because my guess is 90% of the people that we talk to in organizations, there's probably going to be something that they really like that has to do with IO, at least as a conversation piece to start to get that word out a little more. I love the the, the tie-in with sports. And <laughs> if your local team isn't doing well, contact them. <laughs> because if they're not playing well together, you may have a role. Uh, Dr. Martha, let's go to you. One of the things that I would like to add to what Dr. Jeremy was saying is just the effort to narrow down and define the niche. If you think at, at other fields, going back to medicine, medicine is such an incredibly broad <clears throat> field of study, but there are specializations. There are doctors who do very specific things. So I think it's a matter of branding. Everybody knows about medicine, that it has specializations, but very few people know about IO psychology and even fewer know about the uh, amount of specializations that can exist within that. So I think it's a matter of proper branding. And I wonder you know, in terms of universities who offer IO programs, how many of them are able to present a comprehensive list of what could you do with this degree? I know when I was in school, that was very vague, very vague. And it was really left up to me to do some research and, and investigating and looking around. But we as practitioners are essentially that bridge between academia and the real world. So I think it'll be up to us to improve that branding, which I think that's where what's missing. That's what we're lacking because I don't think the universities are presenting comprehensive uh, lists of what can you do with this degree and therefore in, in some way are robbing the up and coming IO practitioners from figuring out what they're going to do or what they should do, or even if they should pursue this. Yeah. Where, where does your passion lie? You know, let, <laughs> let's follow something that you might have a passion with. Uh, Lee, let's go to you. Yeah. Lee. Uh, well, first, let me say that uh, as a, as a, as a group, our PR sucks. We just put that out there. I, uh, I graduated like 25 years ago and, not many more people know today what we do than they did then. So we as a group, I mean, that's one of the things I love about CBOC is that we're, we're making progress on this where, I mean, you know, I was a member of SIAB back then. And, you know, I don't think that we've really done a good job of that. Um, but just to, to bounce off of what Dr. Martha said, you know, there are the specializations, but one of the really, really interesting and cool things about our um, our field is that not only are there specializations, but those specializations are different by industry. So what you do in an industrial setting could be very, very different from what you do in a, in a tech firm 
or uh, like around here, we got a lot of logistics, you know, home of FedEx that you can you can do the exact same thing by title, but be very, very different in the focus because of the industry that you're working in. And so, I mean, you can get, you know, as the saying goes, you can get down to the Nats eyebrow. As far as your specialty goes within your your field, of course you got to be careful not to pigeonhole yourself. But uh, but it's just fascinating that it's it's like looking into a room from a different window and, and what you see in that particular industry versus another one. And I think that that that's fascinating and it it gives us a lot a lot of stuff to work with. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of opportunity. Brendan, let's go to you. I'm going to do what's um, been going on for about a month now and piggyback off of Dr. Martha because we seem to be really good at that. But she brought up, you know, in, in school, they're not telling you about all these different areas, but what are they doing, right? If you're working on a research project or your final thesis, they're telling you, okay, what are your main areas of interest? They tell you, you pick your main areas of interest, and then you have to keep narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing it down so that your specific research topic can actually be researched. It's not so generalized. So why would they not do the same thing with regards to career pathing of, okay, I want to work. My biggest thing has always been, I want to work and org development. Well, what specifically do I gravitate towards? I've started to gravitate towards organizational cultures and small businesses, just because they can be so broad for such a small business. And the other thing I just wanted to piggyback off of also what Lee was saying was that the IO community has always had a problem with almost communicating with each other. And that's like a plug for CBOC. That's what CBOC's trying to fill is that it's been long been viewed as a zero sum game. If I get this, I'm taking it away from you, or I have to get this before you do. And it doesn't have to be like that. If I'm working in this culture area and you're working this in assessment area, I don't want to touch that. So you can have it. I'll stick to culture. You can work on the assessments. And we need to start leveraging it as working together, not working against each other. Yeah, it certainly is a field where there is a wealth of opportunity. And um, we have to stop living in the world of there's only so many opportunities because it really does feel like there's a lot of opportunities in the field. You're listening to Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Turnboot. The name is not elegant, neither are the issues that organizations face. Led by a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, you can rest assured that the highest standards and latest in workplace and human behavior science will be used to get your organization results with a tailored plan specific to your workplace needs. Truly helping others, integrity, positive impact, and getting results. That's what we stand for. That's Turnboot Organizational Excellence. Welcome back. You're listening to Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. Uh, Dr. Jeremy, let's go to you, and then Linda Ann will come to you. Yeah, certainly a lot. I was, I was looking at that list. I, it, there's a couple that stood out because we're listing these really cool niches. But that that's why I like this kind of thing is because our eyes all get open no matter where you are in the field and no matter where you are in an organization, whether or not you've known ever anything about IO or not. So there's really interesting uh, things there. I'll also mention uh, with Brendan and Brendan's got his eye on the ball with this whole all this community stuff. Um, so keep in touch with with Brendan and with Seabock if you're in the Atlanta area or later on uh, in the year in the Tampa area. Brendan's going to do some uh, some meetups. We're going to get together, work with him, and, and get some you know in person IO meetups. And then Martha was mentioning with the and other I think Brendan was too about the universities and those particular programs. So we started a partner. Uh, I think we were with, partnered with four to five different colleges now, and there's many 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 on the list to let them know that yes, we're here. CBOC is a resource for the for students working in those programs to help with the career aspect, to help even with the organization aspect and the research aspect of what they're doing. So if you are listening to this or you're here and you're with a, a university, get in contact with me. We'd love to talk to you about what CBOC does and offers for current IOs for organizations and for those entering the field. And then last, I wanted to talk about whenever I think of niche area, I honestly, I think of, I think of 
Dr. Patricia Delgado, who's here today, because she has just, I think this is the coolest niche. And it's so true to IO because she actually, I'll let, I don't want to butcher it with my understanding of it. So Patty, I'm going to let you speak. And also we just put up this morning, uh, Patty's doing a webinar on the 14th. And then you can go to CBOC. You can go either, she posted uh, an event on LinkedIn, or you can go to the CBOC event page and, and sign up there. It's a webinar. And then she's got this great research translator course too. So Patty, if you would just tell us what your niche is, and then tell us a little bit about what the webinar is going to be. And then the the course, because I think it's great that you're talking about niches. Yeah. So my niche and, you know, such great advice from everybody to start off with, because I think the wonderful part about being an IO is just how much we can do. And I kind of see niche as passion, right? What are you really passionate about? Like Brendan said, what do you love to do? Um, His is, you know, small business and mine is research. Finding that passion and then finding, you know, the skill set and then the job that that matches that. So I kind of see it in threefold is what is your passion? What are the skill sets you need to increase your passion um, and your visibility in the workplace? And then what is those what are those jobs that connect to all of those? And and I'm with Dr. Marsha, Martha. I don't think that the universities do a lot of help in that. So we all, you know, here in CBOC can help. My niche is uh, my firm does research translation. So I'm all about if there is an issue in the organization or as an individual or in a small business, we need to first turn to the research and looking at scholarly research, not just McKenzie and Harvard Business Review and Deloitte. Those are all great. But we all know as IOs that the really powerful stuff is are in the studies. Um, and so I, my courses that I'm launching in the first week of, of July is to teach people how do we go into the research and then how do we translate all that complicated jargon into something simplistic and create a solution from it. So I did um, have a beta group that went through went the five-week training through with me this past month, and it was a great experience with them. They were all, a lot of them were IOs. And they have just a lot of great feedback, but my niche is research. I love to research. That's a passion of mine. And I've been able to create that passion into now my firm um, and create other positions called research translators. And I have a senior research translator on my team. So that is my niche. And will I do cultural work? That's not really my passion. (laughs) So I'm with Brandon. I would find somebody in the community that loves cultural work and I do get requests for it. So if you do any other type of service, connect with me and I'll put you on my list of people that could bench with me. But that's not, I mean, I've done that for 20 years and it's hard uh, for me. Um, So I I agree with Brandon, like, let's get everybody's passionate skill sets together. And then, you know, look for each other when those needs come up. Um, but my passion is is research. So that's my niche. And I appreciate Dr. Jeremy, all his support and CBOC as well for helping me, you know, communicate and share this skill set. I say it's an undervalued skill set on how to be a research translator. What is research and then translating that research? I think it's very underskilled and IOs have the foundational part of that. But now let's just take it. I take it to the next level with everybody that comes to my course. So thank you for letting me put a pitch in. And my, I'm having a webinar on the 14th. Love to have you all join in and continue this conversation on this particular niche about translation and research and bridging the gap. Hey, if you don't mind, um, stick around for a second because I've got another question for you, but I want to go to Linda Ann first. Linda <laughs> okay. Ann. Yeah, I just wanted to say that it's. I really believe it's important to have that area of expertise for yourself, but I don't think that your target markets are going to understand what you do until you identify the problem you saw or prevent. You know, it doesn't always have to be a negative, but that's what they can hear, in my opinion. And so if you understand what problems you like to solve, then you might be able to go and figure out what niche that is for you. But I really think that in order for organizations to hear you, you have to fix a pain point. Right. And, and that goes back to some really sort of basic marketing of what are people's pain points and can you help solve their issues? Uh, so that's some great advice. So thank you very much for that. Dr. Patty, I want to come back to you and ask you a specific question about culture. Culture. Yay. <laughs> My but, favorite thing. <laughs> especially with the research that I know you've been doing on the hybrid and remote work teams, we're going to be seeing, and this is a question that I get asked quite a bit, because when we start talking about international teams, where you mm-hmm. could have, you know, six members, two are in the States, 
tour in Europe, tour in Asia. How do we deal with the cultural issues that are going to arise, even with if it's appropriate to make eye contact? Is that going to become, in your estimation, another niche that IOs should really be looking at? I believe it already is and is is a niche out there, right? There are researchers and practitioners that do focus on um, the global diversity and online workplace, hybrid workplace. I, it's been around for a while because th- we're in globalization. So there's a lot of teams that are located in different areas. What would be nice to see is taking that to the next practitioner level and helping the practitioners, the leaders of these organizations, understand the importance of understanding different cultures and then how they can integrate policies, expectations, norms around this topic of cultures in the workplace on a, in a hybrid work level. I think the part missing is the understanding of the impact cultures have on the workplace and how leaders can create practical solutions that teams can utilize right away, like team norms or, or even just training around the importance of cultures and understanding those main cultures that are involved in an organization. Yeah, because like looking at, you know, looking at somebody into their eyes, that could be, there could be different um, from one culture to the other. But culture in general is is an important part, old organizational culture, and then the individuals that represent their own cultures in the organization. So I hope there's more research on that. I'm sure there is research. I haven't done direct research around that specific pain point and topic, but I can guarantee you there's some probably some stuff that's already coming out just with what's been happening in the past year. Almost like niches inside niches. Um, niches inside <laughs> niches. Nice. <laughs> and Linda, There you go. Linda Ann, I see you still have your hand up. I don't know if you've got another follow-up, but I would actually like to come to you for a second, if you don't mind. Um, it's great for us to talk about niches, but Patty hit on the fact of leadership. How do we relate to leadership that they need these niches? Is Are we going back to like, what's the pain point of the company and talking to leadership? Is that the answer? Yeah, and I think that helping them understand that often the problem that they see can't be addressed in isolation, right? You know, and and one of the things, and and I deal with this in my focus, is right now everybody's worried about employee retention, employee engagement, culture, all those kinds of things. Well, those are the, the tip of the iceberg. And if you don't have the foundations to build those really good things on, you're not going to get a good result. So I think what IOs can really do is to help organizations understand that these things are important. They need to be addressed and they're key to their success, but you can't address them in isolation and then have it be successful. Right. Very good point. Dr. Jeremy, let's go to you and Dr. Martha. We're on to you next. Yes. I did want to reiterate what Dr. Destiny put as a link. Can you share that link again, Destiny? Which I've referred to a lot. And and we've shared this with a lot of Pathfinders in our meetings. It's a good breakdown of different titles that there are for IOs. And that was such a great list. I want to take a second. It might feel a little long and overwhelming. It's going to feel long and overwhelming. But I want to read down this entire running list that we have so far, because there's going to be people that are listening on the podcast that haven't had the chance to see the running list that we put in the chat, et cetera. And it's nice to be able to provide that for them. So I'm just going to read down this, this list. Leadership development, culture transformation, organizational development, agile change management, training and development, learning and development, ergonomics, occupational health, psychometrics, assessments, job analysis, performance measurement, work motivation, employee engagement, team effectiveness, conflict resolution, selection and placement, cultural diversity, succession planning, talent management, digital transformation, human capital, strategic planning, IO coaching, beta analytics, comp and benefits, people operations, organizational effectiveness, organizational change, employee retention, psychometrics, people analytics, employee performance, supervisor leadership performance, workplace automation and machine learning, occupational health psychology, talent acquisition and recruitment, retention and engagement, climate and psych, emotional safety, emotional labor and intelligence, sustainability and climate, project management, teamwork, telecommunications, DEI, analytics and sports, research translation, being the glue between research and practice, 
information advisor, research visionary, certifications and accreditation, psychometrics, data scientist and algorithm engineer, assessment design, DEI and employee relations, organizational effectiveness and improvement, change management, project management, organizational change, performance management, psychometrics, professional development, employee retention, leadership development, program analysis, retention, mergers and acquisitions, performance management system, talent acquisition, onboarding, psychological safety at work, team building, executive coaching, emotional intelligence, employee experience, professional business development consultant, organizational effectiveness managers, who here you have some titles, team development managers, change management, employee experience, strategy development, system psychodynamics, to name a few, and I omitted some of the duplicates that were there. So when it is noted that industrial organizational psychology is a broad field, I think this start of a list gives credit to the fact that it is important to narrow down. Yeah, it is quite an expansive list. Dr. Martha, let's go to you. I wanted to add on to what Dr. Patricia was saying in terms of management and leadership and culture and now remote work. Uh, these are not new concepts in that they were taught way back when I was in school, both in IO psychology and MBA programs. I think what made them more visible is the pandemic because of how many people went remote. And we've had international global types of teams for a very long time because of just technology and companies spanning across the globe. So that was something that had to be addressed for many years now. Given that the pandemic has brought so many different concepts front and center, I think that makes culture in terms of IO specializations, um, another exciting opportunity for someone to pick as a niche. And although that's still fairly broad, you can narrow that down quite a bit according to whatever your interests are and according to maybe even more importantly, what the needs are that you can identify, right? Because you can have all the interests in the world, but if nobody wants to buy what you're selling, it doesn't matter. So <laughs> you, have to, you have to find a way of resolving that problem for someone or taking their pain away or whatever, whatever, however you want to put it, right? It's about selling what people need. But so that that is something that's been out there. But I think now it has almost become renewed as an opportunity for a niche. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesdays, I get an opportunity to uh, do a Twitter spaces. And we've got Klaus on there who 12 years ago was helping Stantec, an international engineering firm, to go remote. So you know, there's organizations that have been doing this now for 20 to 30 years. So there is some expertise out there, but you're right. It's growing and there's not enough expertise yet. Brendan, and, let's and go. Culture to, oh, is huge. Culture yeah. is huge. Just like what Dr. Patty was saying, eye contact, speaking to someone, looking at them, um, saying no. You know, the, the American culture is very different from many Asian cultures yeah. uh, where we're maybe boisterous and tell our boss no. That is unthinkable in some other cultures. Culture is huge. So this is an, an, a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, it certainly is going to be a growth market. <laughs> and as they say, sell what's needed, that's going to be needed. Brendan, let's go to you. I think while Jeremy was reading out this list, it, it kind of like things that I've gone through within looking for my first IO job, which was, I don't know, seven years ago, things along those lines. I know I, I can probably guess that 50% of people on this call are guilty of typing IO psychology into a search database and looking for a job. And just the, like the piece of advice that comes out of this list is type one of these into that search bar and find that as the job. And just, um, just piggybacking off of like just this huge list that's going on. I thought of like three specific niches that are even a niche off of this while Jeremy was reading off the list, because I can think of like one of the ones that I've been just working on a lot more recently is CEOs who started a business and all of a sudden the business has outgrown them and they don't have the leadership skills or the business skills or the money. So they need to get investors or they need to get a CEO to actually take over for them. 
there's a huge niche right there with that just because they need guidance within the, how do I get investors or how do I find a CEO to take over for me, but still have enough involvement in the company that it's still mine and I'm not forced out. There's a niche right there, just to add to the list. And you, you reminded me so much of discussions regarding family businesses with that. So, you know, once again, there's another niche, you know, working with family businesses, which can be quite unique <laughs> to say the least. And those issues of who's really running the company. Uh, Dr. Jeremy, let's go to you. I wanted to add, excuse me, to what Brennan was saying. Like if you're if you're looking at for the job search and you're putting these some of these together, there's there's a lot of people that don't know this. So I'll mention it. Think about the how you search in Google with Boolean. If you want the two words to appear together, make sure you put it in quotes, right? So just like you wouldn't type in, you know, organizational psychology because it'll find organizational and then psychology anywhere in the job or anywhere in the post. You want to make sure you put it in quotes. That way, the words will be actually found together. So if you're looking at data analytics, just put it in put it in quotes. Otherwise, you might find um, the, uh, either or. And then somebody mentioned, I think it was Rachel and Colin, after I mentioned about Brendan's meetups down the road, if anyone's interested in doing a local meetup with IOs, you know, get in touch. We'll be glad to help you put that together and do some of the marketing and, and, and get that. And you can lead that particular event and you know even keep them going. So we're always interested. Interested. And again, community and belonging is extremely important to us. So we want to make sure that we support you every step of the way. So definitely let us know if that's something that you feel like doing. And if you're a Canadian IO, come to Sylvan Lake. It's beautiful this time of year. Uh, <laughs> and the temperature now stays above zero um, or 32 if you're in the States. Um, Jeremy, uh, next week, we've got a lot of things going on over at the CBOC website, um, starting with the Tuesday webinar, 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 becoming a research translator. Is that Dr. Pat, Patty's one? Yes. All right. Yep. You, you're, you're right. We've got uh, eight or nine, the last time I looked, events for this particular month. So there's quite a bit. We have um, actually Destiny, if you want to speak for a minute on the one that you have coming up. And then Brittany Eisenman is doing an event. It's either next week or the end of this month. So get in touch with her. Look at her LinkedIn for that one too. There's just so many to keep track of. I don't know what happened this month. What, what month are we in? June? June is <laughs> yes. the month. But Dr. Destiny, over to you. Yeah, thanks. We're halfway through the year. So we feel like we have to, you know, close the year good. I think that's probably why. Um, but next week on Wednesday night, 6.30 Eastern time, Jeremy and myself are going to be hosting a joint IO psychology virtual networking event. And we've already got, I think, 120 almost people signed up for it. It's for people who are, you know, experienced, new to the field, thinking of the field. It's really just an opportunity to come together and chat and get to know people from all over. And then eventually, who knows, it might turn into something bigger. Maybe we can bring recruiters and, and pair people with jobs. So create mentorship opportunities. Uh, so it's on the LinkedIn, on mine, on CBOC, and you can probably find it a few other places. So if you have any questions about that, and we're going to take the opportunity to break down into smaller, more you know intimate groups and give everybody a chance to speak. So it creates that barrier-free networking environment. Unlike if you go to a networking event, sometimes it can feel a little awkward. This gives everybody a chance to speak and, and communicate. So that's the goal. And I hope to see, you know, all of you there. And like I said, it's just an opportunity to share and, and connect. And then maybe you can find other people to build those skill sets off of like we've been talking about creating that unified front and, and creating that, you know, Rolodex, <laughs> uh, old school term there of colleagues that can kind of help fulfill the needs that you find whenever you're going through, you know, working with clients. How is that um, session going to be different for someone who's maybe just emerging into the field coming out of school and maybe someone, you know, like myself, you know, somewhere in your 50s who have been doing this for a while? How is that? Is it, is it going to be great for both of them or are we focusing more on one of the particular ones? Absolutely. It's, there's no particular focus. I think the idea is just to get people talking. I do one every month for a military connected IO psychology group that I have on LinkedIn. And we're turning that group into a marketplace of sorts. It's called IO Military Experts. So we're talking about niches that there's ways to niche to demographics and industries and communities. And I have found that bringing the military affiliated community together has been an awesome thing. And so I wanted to spread, you know, the kind of environment that is happening in that small community, which is everybody is sharing and coming together. And guess what? Initiatives are being started on their own. 
down. People are kind of taking a, you know, the opportunity to meet each other and then go connect on their own. So this will be, like I said, barrier-free networking environment. Doesn't matter if you're thinking of the field, experienced in the field, it's an opportunity to come together and talk about our love for the field. So I think it should be an opportunity for everyone to speak up. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, bring a drink, you know? <laughs> hey. And Dr. Jeremy, yeah, let's go back to you because uh, you want to talk a little bit about our topic for next week. So next week, we are common and future misconceptions about industrial organizational psychology, which is actually a pretty good transition from, from what we're talking about today. And future, because we got to continue to think about the future. What don't we know yet? And what what are the different, um, it's going to, you know, when we think about the, what what are possible common misconceptions in the future, it'll help us guide how we, how we brand the field today. Well, let me, <laughs> this may be a tough one, but let me ask you this. What is the issue with IO and branding, you know, the great unknown industry that, you know, you're a part of? Tom, you said that was going to be a tough one. You didn't <laughs> lie. That is a tough one. So I guess let's see if I can get a really, really bad analogy. Um, let's say that, I guess it's hard. I mean, this is going to be terrible. You're going to think this is the worst analogy in the world. But let's say that you... Uh, Let's say that you were a, a zoo, you know, a zookeeper and a zoologist, but nobody knew about zoo. But you had a whole community of of, of zoo people, right? And who did you know, animal care, and then uh, help, you know, helping the public learn more about animals and family time and these vet services. But nobody knew about it. But it's your profession, and it's been around for 110 years. How do you go about starting to get people to really know about that? Because the branding hasn't been there. With IO, it's a little different because it touches every aspect of life. I mean, we're talking about something that started back in World War One, at least, you know, the government's trying to figure out, you know, selection, who, who are the best people for this role. So they start with these assessments and whatnot. So it's, a, it's such a long field and there's so much data. There's so much, there's so much that we know about it. Um, but then going back to what Patty says and in her in her research findings that it takes 15 to 17 years for research to actually go into practice. So we've got uh, this responsibility on our hands to make sure that collectively all of us, you know, here today and all of our IO community, the future of IO, we're navigating this these white water rapids together and really taking a hold of the bull by the horns it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity for everyone i've said a million times you could be the most well-known io psychologist in the world and still many people don't know you and you also feel like you're on the outskirts like you don't have anyone to connect with so we're working on that in and making you know leaps and bounds and there's so much momentum and that's why these types of topics are so important because when we start to navigate this brand and we navigate our niche areas together we all grow our opportunities grow our um, brands grow and we all can do what we love best which is really helping other people the experience of other people which results in organizational productivity organizations doing better which can then have this mutuality loop with helping gainful employment and a great employee experience. Great. Thanks for that. And we've just got a couple of minutes left. And I'd love to just sort of go around the, the room here and get some final thoughts from, and maybe one piece of advice that you'd like to share with everyone who's listening or on the call today. Uh, Dr. Martha, let's start with you. Well, my advice would be to do some research on your own and get involved with IO type of organizations um, just to get an idea of what do people who are in this field do for a living. You'll be surprised at the wide range of uh, jobs and responsibilities that IOs have. But I think that universities are limited in what information they can give you. Do the legwork, do, do the investigating on your own, ask questions, meet up with people who are IOs, join organizations, go to meetings. There's so much available online now where you don't have to physically go anywhere. Make it something of your own. Don't wait for anybody else to tell you what this is about. Look for answers on your own and you'll be surprised how much you find. Good advice. Dr. Destiny. Sorry, I was responding to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the end is, but I did want to say that I, um, you know, finding your niche is really hard to do sometimes. So it's not something that, you know, you should, you're going to be no tomorrow or the next day. 
Um, and another piece of advice is it, it can be fluid, right? It doesn't have to be exact all the time. And, you know, every day we grow and every day we experience and, and we sometimes have awkward, uncomfortable conversations that can kind of ground us and say, you know what, I never want to talk about that or go through that again. And that sometimes helps us figure out what we like and what we don't like too. So get put yourself in positions where you have those opportunities to have conversations and experience things and figure out where you best fit. It's That's the best part of the puzzle is you get to figure out what you want to do and how you want to do it and how you're best at doing it. So yeah. Chart your own course. That's a great. <laughs> um, Brendan, let's go to you. We all need to work together. IO is a community. This isn't a zero-sum game. We're not out. We're not against each other. Um I'll also just recommend, because I've just gone through this, you reach out to someone and they don't answer you, they might be too busy. That's okay. And if they're not too busy and they just don't want to talk to you, do you really want to talk to them anyway? Somebody else will fill the gap. I'll talk to you. Feel free to add me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to talk to anybody about IO, sports. We don't even have to talk about anything like that. We can talk about music. You can pick the topic. I'll, I'll find a way to connect with you. So if you're if you're going through struggles or if you're having a good time, happy to celebrate that with you as well. So... I'll, nice. I'll add that. <laughs> Brendan is available. Uh, Linda Ann. I would just say that think about when you are in a social setting or with friends or whatever, or, or even some business colleagues, and you start to have that conversation. What is it that you are always going to in your conversation? When you start talking about what you do, if somebody asks you what you do, what is it that you trend toward when you have that conversation? to find out really what is your passion because it's the something that you love, right? That it matters to you. So you, we have 88 things or whatever it is to choose from, but what is the one that you always gravitate towards when somebody says, what do you do? Or what do you do for a company? And think about that ball that rolls down the hill when it feels really good to you. And I would say, go with that. Yeah. Discover that passion first is a great way to sort of start on this journey. Uh, Lee. You know, I, I would say that remember that this is a journey. It's not a destination. And you know, I think Jeremy said this earlier about what you did before is not necessarily what you do now, and it's not necessarily what you're going to be doing in the future. You know, ask questions and worry less about the answers than asking the right question, and then ask more questions. And uh, you know, and and do things like this: talk to people who've been there, talk to people who are just starting out. Uh, people who have no idea what they're talking about often give you the best ideas because you know, just they don't even know, and they put something out there, and you're like, I never thought of that. That's actually brilliant. Just keep it going, and. Uh, you know, if you do that, then you will actually help. You know, just be aware of the of the rabbit holes. Find the right rabbit hole you go down. <laughs> Get on that journey, but avoid those bunny holes. Uh, Dr. Patricia, let's go to you. So just two, two tips of advice. So networking, of course, is the big thing, right? Let's continue networking with each other. When you're networking, don't be afraid to ask. I've had people that ask me, hey, do you have any work? That you're you that you maybe I can help you with, even if it's on an internship, you know, free or whatever. Don't be afraid to ask. Second, if you're networking with somebody and you're getting to the end of your conversation, always ask, do you know anybody else in your Rolodex? I know that's an old word, Rolodex of names um, that maybe I, you know, you can do a strategic introduction for with me. Um, is there anybody in your field that you think I should, you know, that you can introduce me to? That would be great. I always at the end of every conversation, I like to ask that last question. Is there anybody else you know? Because that'll help you continue growing your network. You're really good advice. All right, Dr. Jeremy, let's come back to you. Um, some final thoughts and then uh, count us out of here. Yeah, in the chats, uh, Dr. Destiny and Dr. Patty put in their the links to their respective registrations to their to their events. So if you missed that, and you can also go to the CBOC events page and, and find it there too. Can't forget this part. If you are a if you're new to the IO field, if you're early career, even still in grad school, look at our Pathfinder uh, IO Career Pathfinder membership. If you're a more established practitioner, look for our expert membership. Um, if you want to connect, if you want to work together, and if you're an organization looking to obviously work with world-class IO consultants and coaches, you can get in touch with us as well. And if you're in a university looking and have questions from your IO students about what to do next, obviously get in touch and we'd be glad to have a conversation. This has been absolutely amazing. I feel that like we've only scratched the surface and we will continue. Thank you everyone for being here. Counting out in five, four, three, two, and one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community. 
gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at cboc.com.